you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. A thousand beautiful things. I love the glasses half full line in the song because it seems that we alternately ask too much of and then little too, too little of ourselves. This is because, as you may have noticed, we live in a success-oriented society. We are taught good and bad, success and failure at a very, very young age and then spend the rest of our lives either working to live up to expectations or working to overcome this programming to achieve. Achievement is a really big deal when we are in school. There's the overachievers and there's the underachievers, but there's never simply the achiever. Those people are just called average. Of course, this carries out into our adult lives and can result in our putting great expectations upon ourselves. And when we do not attain that goal, we belittle ourselves. And then this leads to a very out of balance life. The way to come into balance is to realize how much pressure you put on yourself to succeed. And another way is to redefine the word succeed. What does it mean to succeed? Does it mean to do a thing perfectly all at once without help? Or does it mean that you simply do your very best and appreciate that result? As you can see, there's a very big difference between the two definitions. And even then, when you really tried your best, you may, may still say, I tried, but it wasn't my best. I wasn't at my best. Yes, you were. You were at your best at that time, in that place, in that circumstance. And honestly, that's all you can ever ask of yourself. There may be times when you do a thing over and over again, not because it wasn't good enough the first time, but because you feel like doing it again or because it is something that you do on a regular basis. And keep this in mind. Your very best is going to vary from day to day. One day you are sleep deprived. The next day you are reinvigorated and ready to go at life full bore. And then the next day is pretty average. The key is to let go of these expectations and love yourself through each event each experience. Self-expectation -expect can really wind us up. A friend of mine, we'll call her Carol since that's her name, called me one day to tell me that some friends of hers were going out of town on vacation. And they had a person, in, a relative, in a uh, retirement home. On the spur of the moment, Carol offered to go visit this woman while they were gone. 
She almost immediately regretted doing this, and she called me up because she said, I don't know what I was thinking. This isn't the kind of thing I do well. Um, I'm really busy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. Well, the friends went on vacation, and Carol would call me almost every other day saying, well, I haven't made it over there yet, and she would tell me what a horrible person she was, and she wasn't living up to her obligations, and we'd have this little talk. And she tried, she really tried, but it just wasn't in her. It's just not who she is to go to this nursing home. So she was entirely successful in beating herself up about this. Finally, a couple of days before the couple was to return, she printed out the most recent email and screwed up her courage and went to the nursing home. And she went into the uh, woman's room and the woman wasn't there. The roommate was, and the roommate proceeded to rip my friend up one side and down the other. Why she hadn't come and how horrible she was. And so Carol at this point was feeling very, very small. And then the nurse brought the woman back into the room. And Carol said, um, hey, did you get the emails that they were sending? And the nurse said, yeah, we have, but the printer's broken. And so we weren't able to print out the last one. Well, Carol had brought the last most recent email. And so as she was walking through, just again, how, what a terrible person she was for having not done what she said she would do, I said, well, can I point something out? And she said, well, what? And I said, well, do you know what you did? And she said, no. And I said, well, you came in at the very last moment with that email that nobody else could have brought. So you actually did your job. Do you understand what you managed to do? And she sat there and she, I could hear her on the phone thinking. And it took her a while to turn her thinking around to realize that, no, she didn't fulfill the obligation the way she had thought she should and the way perhaps some other people had thought she should. But she had filled in this one little gap that nobody else could fill in. And so she did her very best with what she could in that moment based on her personality. So appreciate what you have accomplished. Try to let go of complaining and comparing before and after scenarios. This is when you get to decide. Do you want to continue to succeed that way or do you want to succeed in becoming calmer and more centered? It comes down to where your focus is. If you want to be calm and centered, make that your focus. Acknowledge when you succeed in keeping that focus. Likewise, acknowledge when you succeed at losing focus. Some of you may remember the movie Chariots of Fire from 1981. The online description of this movie is that it is based on the true story of two British athletes in the 1924 Olympics. Eric Little, a devout Scottish Christian who runs for the glory of God, and Harold Abrahams, an English Jew who runs to overcome prejudice. Now this movie is either loved or reviled as being long and boring. I personally was enthralled by the story. Now, I was young and I missed some of the social undertones. So here's my version. It's the story of two men who are gifted runners. And yes, one was a practicing Christian and one was Jewish, though I'm not sure that he actually practiced the religion. But in my story, the actual religion was not relevant. I saw two people, again, gifted runners. One ran because he was fast. One ran 
to win and to prove a point. Abraham's was focused on style, how he used his feet and arms, how he breathed. He hired a well-known trainer to help him get better and better. His focus was always on the outer. Liddell had terrible style. He ran with his head back and just went for it. But his focus was on the inner. Liddell and Abraham's were often in the same race, and Liddell usually won. And it became a thing for Abraham's to beat him. It was almost a, an obsession, and it was really highlighted when Liddell missed a race because he refused to run on a Sunday. Abraham's won, but he was not the least bit satisfied with that win because he wanted to beat Liddell. As we move through that story, we see Abraham's become more and more frustrated. And when he wins, it is never satisfying for him. Liddell just goes out and runs for the sake of running. Now, Liddell said he ran for God. And in his terminology, that's exactly what he was doing. But the religion or lack thereof for either person is not relevant in my version, though spiritual intent is. Liddell was a man living and working and running from the inside out. He got out there. He threw his head back and ran like the wind. Abraham was a man always working from the outside. His form was good, but he never looked happy or relaxed. He was comparing and competing. Abraham's strove for perfection, to win, to be on top, and there really seemed to be no joy in his life. Liddell said God made him for a purpose, but God also made him fast. He just ran in pure joy. Each of us has a choice as to how we function in the world. We can strive to attain perfection, worrying about each tale, each detail and what other people think. You can be in each moment knowing that you're at your best for that particular moment. And this is the highest thing you can do and see in yourself. So is this just a big Pollyanna talk? Be all positive and like will work itself out? No, not at all. The idea is that lots of things don't go our way, just as I suggested earlier. But if you can change your focus from the outer to the inner, and when the outcome is not what you want, you can take steps to change it. You don't do this because it was wrong, but because it was a simple mistake on the situation. When we are recording these videos, we often have mistakes. Perhaps the speaker gets the giggles, and we have to do another take or two. Life is full of mistakes, and we just get to do another take. Everything we do is an experiment, and all, success, all experiments are successful because even when the result is not what you wanted or expected, you learn what works and what doesn't work for you. It's okay to stop beating yourself for not being good enough because you are always good enough. I mean, how many of you can look at something that happened at the time seemed pretty awful, and now you see it as a huge blessing? In the week to come, you might think about what you have considered to be your greatest failure in life and then see if you can find the knowledge, the growth, the blessing in that event, the one that got you to who you are now. This exercise may also remind you that nothing is permanent. Everything changes. And that means that if we just hang out for a while, a new experiment will, sh experiment will show up and we can have even more information to work from, right? 
Each of us is keeper of a spark of the divine within. And with love, a spark can become a flame of the divine. Living from that inner beingness, being aware of your spiritual self, a way to move through life, feeling capable and strong. When you are in touch with your innerness, you will automatically stop comparing yourself, your circumstances, your abilities to others, and you will stand in your own power, your own beingness. You'll feel the flame of love, the flame of oneness burning within, and you will step out into the world confident and strong. Love yourself for who you are and what you are in this precious moment, because this precious moment is all there is. Now is eternity. We are here now. You are just fine the way you are, right here, right now. I want to end this talk with the first verse of a song written by Lynn Morris, and it's called You'll Never Be the Sun. And you can find the entire song online. Just make sure you get out some Kleenex before you listen to it. And this is what the first verse says. You will never be the sun turning in the sky, and you won't be the moon above us on a moonlit night. And you won't be the stars in heaven, although they burn so bright. But even on the deepest ocean, you will be the light. You will, every one of you, always be the light. May the joys of the world go with you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center